But I do want to just start out by saying welcome, everybody. This is an uh, unusually packed gathering for us. <laughs> Although last week was a surprisingly, you know, hearty little gathering, too. So I just feel like there's such an anticipation on my part. And I, f I don't know if you guys are feeling it, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. There's just there's something about when the sons and daughters of God whether we all know each other or not, when we come together in a, in a space with a hunger and an anticipation for the presence of God, we know he's here now. You know he, you carried him into the room. You're a vessel. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. But we also know from experience that when we worship the Lord corporately, there's an even greater release of his presence. Um, I love to sometimes open up with that scripture that, that says, uh, I can't remember what psalm it is, I think it's Psalm 20 possibly, but, you know, fling wide you everlasting gates, yeah. be lifted up you, you ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. And you need to read that in the Passion Translation because he points out that it, you, are the, you are the gates, you gates. You know, we are the gates of heaven. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We are vessels of his presence. And we get to carry him and release him. We're leaky vessels, hopefully. And don't keep him boarded up. Like, rip off the boards, you know, bust a little hole in the wall somewhere so that he can just be leaking out of you. Yeah. And we all know the scripture, out of our innermost being, rivers of living water should and will flow out of us. And we know that's the Holy Spirit. So when we come together, all of the streams will flow as one river. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to enjoy his presence tonight. Hey, that thing finally updated. See, this is the master control of our gathering here. It's very important, and it decided to update. I didn't open it earlier, so I'm just going to click this button here. Okay, awesome. Welcome again. People are going to keep trickling in. I'm not going to stop and say, hey, so-and-so every time. So we won't do that, but um, hey, welcome. <laughs> I just said I wasn't going to do that, but... Oh, and by the way, if, if someone comes in and there's no seat that you guys, maybe some of you guys, if you see someone looking for a chair, you can always uh, point, grab one for them, you gentlemen in the room. Um, as well as if you want to scoot closer, you can. You don't have to hug the back wall, but if you're comfortable, just go by all means, stay there. So we're going to have a couple announcements just because it's important. Next Sunday is Easter, and so we do have some important announcements. We also have... A Wednesday night gathering so I want to make sure if we do have visitors that aren't a part of the Paulsbo church not a part of the Longview church but you're visiting tonight maybe for your first time we want you to understand and know what we're doing on Wednesday night so Wednesday we have a midweek gathering um, we call it our well we've we've tra transitioned it a little bit it's our worship intercession and equipping evening so we're adding the training because Scott and Tammy were getting burned out with the third night doing a Friday night training and we thought, why wouldn't we be able to just incorporate the training into our worship and prayer time? So this Wednesday, we're going to launch this series by Donna Da Silva. And I'm, I'm going to play the promo video. Yeah, Tammy's yeah. like, oh, you're going to play it? No, go. Oh, good. Okay. Here we go. Okay, shh, shh, listen. Each and every one of us is a beacon. We are a light on a hill. And we're gonna stop hiding ourselves and not letting our light shine. The tactics of the enemy are going to pull you into the two extremes. Many believers don't understand how the spirit realm affects them. Satan is not at war with God. He's at war 
with us. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. We live out our days until the Lord takes His beloved home. I'm not gonna fight in the flesh, because the flesh is not powerful for the tearing down of strongholds. We are displacing the spirit that has been here. We shift the atmosphere by not partnering with it and releasing a military move of the opposite. No matter what it is, do what you can to stay on the seat of love, to discern from the heavenlies what strategy do we need to release. And you are going to see regions bow, nations bow. And we're not gonna be cast out because we still are bringing something the world needs. right up my alley. I'm, I don't know if there's some fighters in the room, but it's time. It's time for the church to, to know what we're dealing with. It's not just your own emotions all the time. Sometimes there are things in the spirit realm, and that's part of this, this course, is we're going to learn how to discern and combat the things of the spirit realm. Yeah. And we're not just going to you know, fight against the devil and be devil-focused, but we're going to be God-focused, and we're going to bring down strongholds in our own lives, in our families, our, our region, wherever God has us doing that, that warfare. So it's going to be good. If you want to come, you're all, well, yeah, you're all welcome. If you want to drive up the two hours, come on up. Um, and then next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and we are planning on having baptisms. So I just want to put it this way. If you plan on getting baptized and you haven't talked to us yet, I mean, some of us have had conversations, but if you want to be baptized, have a conversation with me. Um, I would love to talk over the phone this coming week with anyone who wants to be baptized just to explain how we view the purpose of baptism, why it's biblical, why it's obedience to Jesus, and the purpose of it. So I'd just love to cover that ground with anybody that has questions. So other than that, why don't we stand up? Instead of just praying you guys into worship, I think we should make some declarations. Amen. You guys ready to declare some some powerful things. I think there's a bunch of powerful people in the room tonight. So here we go. You guys ready? All right, let's say this with me. I am powerful, and what I believe changes the world. So today I declare that. Here we go. God is in a good mood. He loves me all the time. Nothing can separate me from his love. Jesus' blood paid for everything. I will tell nations of what he has done. I am important. How he made me is amazing. I was destined for worship. My mouth establishes praise to silence the enemy. Everywhere I go becomes a perfect health zone. And with God, nothing is impossible. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Ooh, we praise you, God. So we just welcome your presence, Holy One. We say, Jesus, come and be glorified and be exalted upon our worship. In your name we pray.
Jesus, there's no one like you, God. There's no one like you. There's no one who could save, no one who could rescue. There's no one who could heal. There's no one who could deliver. It's you and you alone, Jesus. We love you, God. We love your presence, Lord. Yeah, just lift your hands up to Jesus tonight, guys. Lift your hands up. Holy Spirit, we just lift our hands to you, Lord. Yeah, Holy Spirit, just take us up, Lord. Take us up to the Father tonight. We just say, Daddy God, here we are. Here's your sons and your daughters. Abba, Father, Daddy God. Oh, we are your sons and daughters. We're here to glorify your name, to glorify the name of your one and only Son. It's all for you, Jesus. It's all for your glory. We worship you, Lord. We just take hold of you tonight, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you want to introduce us to the Father in new ways. In new ways. Every gift that God freely gives us is good and perfect. Streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. God, your Father, was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you that tonight you are streaming down gifts, every good and perfect gift. Even before anyone in this room receives a prophetic word or prayer or hands laid on them, you are releasing your good and perfect gifts. Every one of those good and perfect gifts streams down from you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for the precious blood that you poured out on the cross to give us access. We recognize and we declare your cross. Your cross was the payment that was required to give each one of us access to the realm of heaven. We thank you, Jesus. Our lives are yours. We surrender. We yield to you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus, that you've brought us to your Father, that you've given us identity worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just bask in his presence for a minute, guys. I don't think Jeff's in a hurry. Maybe he is. He's got a long drive ahead tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I'm not going to say amen because his presence is not going to lift. If that was the case, you'd be lifted with him and we would be raptured out of here tonight. So some of you are hoping that happens. But there's a, a lot of work to be done. Ecclesia.
church, delegates, ambassadors. You are his authority on the earth. You carry it. The sons and daughters of God have been given exousia. You've been given royal authority to walk as the sons and daughters of God. So just, we just thank him. Just thank him tonight, God. We thank you. So grateful, guys. Just so grateful for tonight. I don't know what God is going to do, but I feel like the lid is just blown wide open. And he's just the open heaven over us right now. He's ready just to pour more. We are not done. Jeff <laughs> sent me this prophetic word last Sunday. It was last Sunday morning, right? Two Sundays ago. That's right. Okay. Felt like it was just last week. And I, I shared it with Tammy, and then I shared it with the church. I felt like it was it was for us. I'm not, I'm not sure how many people you sent that to, but I, I felt like it was definitely a word for us. And so I, I sent a text to Jeff. I was like, you know, I don't know what your schedule's like if you have the freedom to travel, but boom, long conversation turned into this. And so we do want to just, we want to welcome you, Jeff and Roxanne and your daughter. I don't, what's your daughter's name? Abby, that's right, Abby. And then the whole team, 11 students. Why don't all of you guys that came up from Longview just stand up? Just stand up if you're not already. Yeah, yeah, welcome, welcome. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you for what you guys have committed yourselves to by going through the schooling and putting up with Jeff and letting him read your mail. Calling out the gold, of course. So I'm not going to waste any time. I want to turn these guys loose and uh, whatever you guys want to do. So we want to invite Jeff and Roxanne and the team, I guess, to come on up. And uh, yeah, we'll get them up here first. All right, just before we get into any preaching or anything, um, I was just sensing there's uh, there's at least two people in here that you've been dealing with headaches. Um, I don't know if they're sinus headaches or migraine headaches or what. Um, who is that? You've been struggling with headaches back there, right there, right there. Go ahead and stand to your feet if, oh, several of you. Go ahead and stand to your feet if that applies to you, okay? Um, there's also uh, somebody here that... Um, there's something going on with uh, with your nasal. I don't even know the right words. Um, the Lord showed me a picture of like all of your nasal cavity down your nose and down in your throat and all that. There's somebody here that, um, that there's some kind of issue in there. Um, the doctor's already looked at it. They're talking about surgery. Who is that? I know that's kind of, it's you? Okay, go ahead and stand to your feet. Okay, we're going to minister to all these things, okay? Thank you, Lord. Um... There's somebody here that, um, that uh, and, and I know this makes you feel awkward. I'm not trying to make you feel awkward, um, but uh, you deal with eczema and, um, and you're so frustrated with it. You just hate it. And, um, and the Lord wants to deal with that tonight and just heal you. Who is that? Right there. Good. Okay. Anyone else? Okay, so um, if you're near someone that's standing up, in just a minute, I'm going to have you lay hands on them. But here's what I want you to do. Listen to me really close. We do not beg God to do something. 
especially something that he's already paid for. Okay, so at the cross, he, he paid for a lot. We minimize it down to save. But if you look at the New Testament word saved, it actually comes from the, um, the Greek word sozo, which actually means saved, healed, delivered, provision, protection, power, and authority. Deals with all of those things, okay? So Jesus paid for all of that at the cross, so we don't have to beg him for something he's already paid for. That would be like begging your parents for a Christmas present that's already wrapped in under the tree. That's crazy, okay? So it's already there for you, okay? So here's what we want you to do. We want you to go ahead and stand up with those that are standing. Go ahead and um, lay a hand on them, speak over them, declare over them, command whatever it is that they're dealing with to go and and for perfect health to come in Jesus' name. Go ahead with that.
right, so thank you. let's just give thanks. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Randy Clark said in our healing class that if you ask someone at the Thanksgiving table to pass you the potatoes, what's your proper response? Thank you. So when, when he's moving in the room and healing, our proper response should be thank you. So we give thanks, Lord, and we just want to invite anyone who has experienced some healing, whether it's 50% or all the way completely, or if you felt God was doing something in your body while you're receiving prayer, we want to invite you to come up and, and give a testimony. Or you can stand where you're at. So why don't you just stand? Why don't, we won't make you do anything or say anything. Why don't you just stand up? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Awesome. Good. So, yeah. Here you go, Jeff. Awesome. <laughs> God's good all the time. Uh, just, I'm going to introduce myself a little bit. Um, so, we live in uh, Longview, Washington. Um, anybody know where that's at besides the people that came with me? Okay, down on I-5. And uh, so we live down there. And then we pastor in Rainier, Oregon. So we have one foot in Oregon, one foot in Washington, and um, straddling the Columbia River down there. And uh, I think Pastor Scott's going to put a picture up. Um, that's our family. Um, so uh, myself, Roxanne, she's looking at those pictures. Why would you choose those? Um <laughs> I could tell as soon as they went up. I didn't approve these. These are unapproved pictures. So, um, these are from when we were in, uh, on vacation in Texas back in November. And um, so, anyway, uh, my wife Roxanne, um, our oldest daughter Maddie, um, our son Ian, and our daughter that's back here, Abby. And um, Abby's actually on her staff. She just came back from a year with YWAM, and uh, and she came back uh, in October and came on staff as our young adult leader and also our resident evangelist. She takes teams out on the street and uh, win people to Jesus. They go down to Portland. They do all kinds of crazy. Honestly, you guys should have her come preach sometime because she has some crazy testimonies. So, um, yeah, I mean, like leading a witch doctor to Jesus. Um, uh, yeah. Getting cartel members saved. Um, she had a word of knowledge for a cartel member. Guy was 6'5", 350 pounds. I would have been like, sir? <laughs> anyway, um, she's not scared, though. Uh, if you Let's see, what's the next one? I don't remember. I think it's the, is it? Oh, okay, all right. So here's what I want to talk to you about is um, the Issachar anointing. And just before I get to that, I'm going to have the students come up. And uh, we're going to have them minister for just a minute and prophesy. And so, uh, students, come on. Abby's going to come, too. She's not a student. And we've also got a couple of leaders from the school as well. So uh, just come on up, guys. So what we're going to do is, um, and don't get nervous, because they've all been trained that just what Paul said. Paul said that all prophecy should be edification, exhortation, and comfort. So we're not calling out anybody's secret sin or anything like that. <sighs> you know, everybody can relax. And, um, 
but uh, but they're just going to speak life over you and, and speak encouragement over you. And then um, as they do that, I'll jump on the back end and, and add something to whatever they say. And I think uh, Pastor Scott said that they're recording all this too. But I would encourage you, um, and especially at the end of the service when we minister to you individually, I would encourage you to bring your phone um, with a voice recorder on it. And if you don't have one of those, and find a friend that does. But I, I just, on my phone, I have all of the words that I've been given. I have them all recorded on my phone so I can go back and listen to them. And in fact, actually, I go back and listen to them and I type them out because sometimes it's you'll get something else reading it than you do listening to it, especially if my voice annoys you or something. Then it's like, oh my gosh, can't listen to that guy again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, um, but uh, we're going to go ahead and prophesy over you. Man, you guys are all over the place. Um, who's, who's got something wants to start? Okay, I had a word for your guys' church. So as soon as I walked in the doors, the Lord says, what was a barren season is giving birth right now. An expansion is coming. Expansion is coming. And I felt like the Lord was reminding me. So I'm taking a team to Wales. So like Wales has been super on my heart recently. So um, the Welsh revival started with 13 people. That's not a lot of people. And I felt like the Lord was saying, you guys have a harp and bowl ministry here that um, is birthing a revival because you guys are revivalist. And so it's birthing something in this area that's about to expand. And it's not about um, works or anything like that. It's about the harp and the bowl, the, the worshiper and the warrior. And I heard the Lord say, I'm baptizing you with a new fire. Like, you guys had baptisms up that you're having soon. But if you really think about a baptism of fire in the same way as a baptism of water, you would be baptized in fire. That means you get purified. You get all the stuff burned away. It's an ugly process. Like, if you've ever seen somebody burnt, it's ugly. But the Lord says, I'm bringing a new fire. And I was in Mexico. So he brings the fuego! I feel like if you feel like there's something inside of you where you feel like you're the revivalist, I want you to stand right now. Because the Lord is releasing your capacity. He's breaking the borders. He's breaking the walls right now. And he says, Fuego! There's more. There's more. There's a capacity that's being released right now. So, Lord, I just declare right now on these revivalists that their capacity would be broken. Their capacity would be broken. I feel like the Lord is saying um, that you guys carry the mantle of John G. Lake in this place. The John G. Lake anointing right now. So, Lord, come in a new way. Mark their hands to heal. Mark these hands for love. Mark these hands for the gospel, Jesus. Release a new fire in this place. A new fire that would shift this nation, it would shift this city, it would shift Washington, it would shift families. I see the Lord literally marking, like, not like a blood, um, a bloodline or like um, a, a plum, plumb line? Yeah, plumb line. He's marking a fire line. He's marking a fire line. And people are going to smell when they walk through the city. They're going to smell the flames. They're going to smell the wire fire. So, yeah, Lord, I just released the revivalists into the fullness. The more, the more, the more, the more. 
Get ready, get ready, get ready. What was a barren season is getting birth right now. I can feel it. What was a barren season is giving birth right now. Where the bones, where the valley of dry bones has been, the Lord says, rise up, rise up. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can sit down now. I probably shouldn't have gave it to the preacher first, but anyway. Um, why don't you rotate around to the end so they can scoot in because the, okay. The young man there in the hoodie without the hat. Yes, you. Will you stand up? Ethan. So you were highlighted to me. You are a fighter. You're a warrior. And you're a leader. And the Lord reminded me that David, when he was young, King David, he was a giant killer. And that's what you are going to walk in. And not only was he a giant killer, he taught other people to kill the rest of the giants. Ethan, go ahead and stay standing. So there's a strength that's on you that the Lord is um, increasing and turning up. Uh, it's not going to be um, like a physical strength. It's going to be a spiritual strength. You're going to find yourself um, seeing and hearing things in the spirit realm. You've been hearing the, um, the, Lord, the voice of the Lord even since you were a young child. But the Lord's about to turn up the volume, and you're going to begin to uh, realize that you know things that there's no way you could know except for God. It's because he's birthing a prophetic voice in you, and he's um, birthing a uh, word of knowledge um, gift in you as well. You're going to know things before you know them, if you know what I mean by that. You're going to know them in the spirit before you know them in the physical. And you're going to step into those things. You're going to speak those things over people. You're going to declare them, and it's going to be a, a calling card that's showing that God has shown up and that, um, that then when you prophesy over them, then they can receive prophetically what you say to them. But you, I see you even um, in a restaurant, in a, in a grocery store, different places, where you're just going to be, um, you're going to have someone highlighted to you, and you're going to be like, um, I don't know, God. And, uh, but he's going he's gonna to show you that it's true. The first couple times, because you're going to be intimidated to go say anything, he's going to show you that it's true. But then he's going to ask you to step out over the chicken line, and he's going to ask you to um, go and share with them and begin to minister to them. And you're going to find yourself in all kinds of crazy adventures that are going to change your generation. that are going to change your generation, a generation that's turned its back on God and doesn't believe that there is a God, but they're going to see a God, they're going to hear a God, they're going to know that there's a God as you speak to them and as you minister to them, and I bless you, my friend. All right, so I got a word for um, the guy in the glasses with the flannel. Yep, that's you. <laughs> Well, what's your name? Christian. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so when I seen you, I just, um, I felt like I heard the Lord say that you have a teddy bear anointing. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, God, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and um, I just felt like he was saying that you have such a father's love that rests on you. And I seen you in the center 
Yeah, that's so good. God, you're so good. I seen you in the center, and I seen um, these, like, rows of boys coming to you from every angle. And I was like, wow, that's so good, God. It's like, it was like the sun. And I just heard, like, the Lord say that you're father to sons. And then this, I was reminded of the song, Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Yeah, and I heard that. Yeah, come on now. I heard that echoed through the city. Your sons are going to go, and they're going to make, they're going to become fathers, and they're going to make more sons, and they're going to become fathers, and they're going to make more sons. And they're going to share their testimony, and it's going to link it right back to you because of the love of the Father that you carry. So I just release that over you. Go ahead and stay standing. I'm sorry. Each one of you, when you get prophesied over, go ahead and stay standing. Christian, the Lord was showing me um, you having favor with some bikers. And that, um, like, you could roll up on, on a group of bikers. You could go talk to a bunch of welders. You could, like, just go talk to anybody, and they're going to be like, yeah, what's up? And, um, and that, uh, that you're just going to have this open door with them. And I see you um, just beginning to, uh, you know, you're not going to come with a wussy Jesus. The church has been wussified for too long. But you're going to bring them a manly Jesus, a Jesus that had tools, that was a carpenter, that was tough, that hung out with commercial fishermen, that stunk like fish. And um, I mean, he was a tough guy. And I believe that you're going to bring a tough gospel to some very tough men. And I believe that um, that the Lord is going to, and this goes off of what Amanda was sharing, but um, I believe that he's going to give you sons that are older than you that you're going to mentor people as old as your father and older, and that, um, that they're going to come to you. And many of them are going to be broken because they've never had a father in their life before. But they're going to come to you because you're going to be open to them. You're going to love them. It's not in a wussy way. You're going to, it's manly. But, um, but they're going to come to you because they want to be a warrior for the Lord just like you are. And so I just bless you. I bless your family. And I just bless these opportunities that are coming because they're coming even sooner than you think. You'll see something even tomorrow that's going to happen that's going to confirm this in the name of Jesus. Bless you, my friend. So I, too, had a word for the church, and honestly, this goes along with Abby, but there is a reason why this building is next to physical therapy, because this building will be a new physical therapy that you won't need treatments, you won't need drugs, that literally if someone's going to step in the door and cancer will be healed here. Bondages will be broke here, addictions will be set free here. And get ready because these walls are going to expand. When you partner with churches in this region, you're going to not only break what's hovering over this area, but this state, this city that's been in fear, that has been in chaos, and it will be released in Jesus' name. Well, I too have a message for the church and the pastor. 
Um, so, Pastor, when I first walked in, um, you said, when we walked in, you said that we brought the anointing, but the anointing was already here. The Lord said that every time you pray, the heavens opened. Your prayers are constantly heard. Every time you open your mouth, he hears every word that you speak because you cry out for the children. And not just the little children, but the, for the children of God. You have a hunger to bring many to, to salvation. Um, I also saw that the church has a hunger. There's a hunger in this church, and the Lord said he will satisfy. He will give you what you are asking for. There are gonna, there's going to be many miracles in this house. Many words that have already been spoken will be coming to light. And people will be coming to see, but they're also going to be leaving with fruit out of here. And those are going to be just bringing like little honeybees going to back to where they came from and just bringing the rest of them here. You're going to outgrow this building. I also saw buses. But I saw buses like uh, in, in other countries, and I feel like the Lord was telling me that that's been your cry. It hasn't just been for this country and these people, but you are calling out for the people in the nations. And God said he hears you. He hears you. And also I saw your house, your family house, and your house is lit up. The Lord says that your personal house, your children, your wife is, is a light to heaven. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Sandra. Okay, so I had this young lady right here highlighted to me. In the, with the, she's holding the purse right there. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and stand up. What's your name? Stephanie. Stephanie. So Stephanie, um, the Lord highlighted you to me. And what he showed me was that you were hungering and thirsting for more of him. And um, he says, lean into that. Read his word. Hang out with people who know him. Soak in everything that he has around you into yourself. He wants you to grow in knowledge and wisdom. He wants, he sees you as the woman of God that um, will be reaching out to other people around you. And I saw you um, reading his word and getting fed and um, drinking in the living waters that Jesus brings to you. And because of that, you, have, you, you get stronger and I saw you as a, a strong green stalk. And because green is life, and green is, um, it just is life. And then, um, so you're going to pour out, after you get strong like that, you're going to start pouring out to the people around you. They're going to get your overflow of living water and food that you've been eating and drinking. And when you speak the words, they're going, I saw vines coming out, and they just get wrapped in a vine um, from you. And then they get encouraged and nourished off of you. And so I just want to encourage you to read his word and soak in his presence. In Jesus' name. Was it, was it Stephanie? 
Stephanie, I saw a um, major gift of compassion on you and a, and a mama's anointing. I don't know if you have children yet, but um, but I saw a mama's anointing, and you're momming people already. Um, I'm using momming as a verb right now. Um, but uh, but you're momming people already, and in fact, um, you really, uh, you are so interested and care so much about um, the people that you're momming that um, that they, they have actually jokingly called you mom. And, um, and stop it, mom, knock it off, mom. And, um, and they kind of teasing, is that true? Have you heard? Okay. And um, the Lord knows, by the way. Um, but uh, he's also, um, he's going to use you to help herd them, H-E-R-D, herd them. But he's also going to use you because you herd them, H-E-A-R-D. And that, um, that you're going to herd them in that you're going to help them go in the right direction. You're going to help them stay within the boundaries, but it's because you herd their hearts. And, um, and it's because you carry a compassion that, um, that is very rare and you, you can find the good in anybody. And I'll just tell you that that's Jesus heart working in you and through you. And even, um, the people that others reject and say, Oh my gosh, how can you give any kind of time to them? You're like, I see the gold in them. I, I want to call the gold out in them. And I just want to caution you to be careful because um, that can that can pull you into their issues if you're not careful. But I feel like you have people that are around you that are holding on to you and saying, you reach out, but we're going to hang on to you. And um, I'm reminded of a line in an old um, movie uh, about firefighters. And uh, and one of the firefighters reaches out and has hold of somebody. And, um, and the other firefighters are holding on to him. And they said, if you go, we go. And that you have a really great um, infrastructure around you that um, is holding on to you and they're encouraging you to reach out, but they're also hanging on to you and saying, if you go, we go. So be blessed in that in the name of Jesus. You right there. Yeah, you right there. In the hat and the hoodie. What's your name? What was that? Judah. Judah. Okay. Hey. So I just got a vision of you just like sitting down and like on a shore, just fishing. But I don't see you like reeling in fish. I see you like bringing in people. I feel like you just got like the gift of evangelism on you. But I see you not bringing in people just by like going out and ministering to them. I just see you having like influence with your friends. Like there's just this aura of light around you and that's just gonna pull people in around you. And yeah, it's just gonna like rub off on them. They're gonna be like, what is that? And that's how you're gonna bring them in too. So yeah. Yeah. And Judah, you're a worshiper. You um, you like love to worship. In fact, there's a lot of times where there's just a song that's playing in your head. Of course, nobody else can hear that, but you can. Um, it'd be actually really weird if they did. Um, but you can hear that music playing in your head. And a lot of times, even throughout the day, you're you're just having different songs come to mind. And um, and the Lord just uses you in that. In fact, sometimes He uses that to center you. Sometimes um, you're going along and you're you're going through something that's really challenging or or frustrating or whatever and all of a sudden the line of a song, does this make sense to you, will come to you and it's like it brings you back to center. And, um, and at times, worship actually puts a blinder on you 
um, I, you may be too young to know what a blinder is. A blinder was like something that you put on either side of your, your eyes so that you couldn't look to the left or the right. And I feel like the Lord is using that to um, keep your eyes on focus. The enemy's um, been trying to attack you as of late um, in a couple of different areas and trying to pull you off track and pull you into some stuff. It's actually a witchcraft that you've been feeling and sensing. But the Lord says that he has three angels that have been stationed around you and that um, they're like secret service angels and um, that they've been protecting you. And I'm just telling you, because you can't see it in the natural, maybe he's shown it to you in the, in the supernatural, but they are doing some serious butt kicking on your behalf. And um, But the Lord says for you to trust him and trust those angels but continue to keep your eyes on the Lord and do not get distracted because um, there's all kinds of things that want to distract you, but it's up to you whether you get distracted or not. So I just want to encourage you, keep your eyes on the Lord. There's some amazing things coming within the next year, especially about um, 10, 11 months from right now. Um, there's going to be some uh, doors that are going to open up very wide for you. There's some things that you've been praying for that uh, that the Lord says that um, you couldn't open those doors, but, uh, but he's going to open them for you and it's because of your faithfulness and because of the stewardship of what you walk in and uh, he can trust you with those open doors so that's why he's opening them for you but he says the next 10 to 11 months are for you to prepare your heart so that when those doors open you're ready to walk through them and you have a game plan in Jesus name okay. right on the end here the third row you right there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, I keep hearing the word warrior said by people here, but I'm hearing soldier. I see you as a soldier. And I feel like the, the real commander in chief He has a mission for you. He has a promotion for you. He has work for you. He's calling you for more. He knows you're calling to him, but he's calling you for more. He says it's not a war though. You don't have to fight. He'll do the work for you. And I feel like this is not just in the natural. There's something going on in the natural that you're, um, you've been pressing in for. I don't know what that is. But in the spiritual, he has great plans for you. He wants to use you in mighty ways. And as a soldier, we have to be obedient. And we have to step out when we hear the voice of the commander and take a risk. And one more thing. Most commanders don't say this. But he loves you.
what was your name? Julie? Julie, so um, I have a friend named Dr. George Watkins that um, he, uh, he says that he wants to live in so much of Christianity that he's right at the edge of heresy. Okay? So meaning that, like, he wants to explore all of God. So, like, there's some Christians, I, I apologize because I have to explain this. Some Christians, they, they feel like Christianity is this tightrope, and they have to stay on this tightrope. And then there's other Christians like you that feel like like Christianity is a road, and it, it's a wide road, and you want to explore all of it. In fact, you even want to stand at the edge and, like, look over and see what's not in there. And, um, and it's funny because when I walked in the door tonight, I, when I looked at, I glanced over and saw you and the Lord said, she lives on the cutting edge. And, um, and I just really feel like God is going to use you in such a way that, um, you're going to be able to reach people that pastor Scott can't reach that there, there are people that, um, that you're going to be able to walk right up to. You're going to have instant, um, uh, instant, um, what's the word, uh, credibility, you're going to have instant credibility with them, and you're going to be able to just walk right up and start talking to them, and they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm just a spiritualist. And um, I can see you saying that. And um, I'm a spiritualist. Really, a spiritualist? And, um, and you're just going to, like, pull them in with language that they don't expect a Christian to use. If you're offended by a spiritualist, you'll be okay. Um, <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Scott will meet with you later and counsel you. And, um but I just really feel, sorry, <laughs> but I just really feel like the Lord is going to use you. And so don't be afraid of that. And he's going to begin to show you some things about some people. You're going to be able to walk right up into a crowd, just begin to um, share things. And the Lord's going to start speaking through you. You're going to begin saying things. And it's not like a puppet because you have the will to say yes or no to him. But I see you walking up into a crowd, just begin to talk. And all of a sudden, they're just going to respond. And they're going to be right in the palm of your hand as you share with them and talk to them. So I just bless you in that and just just know that you have an evangelist anointing on you so get ready because you're going to bring in a great harvest so when i walked in here too i also just you were highlighted to me and i seen blue over you and blue is healing and god's doing a healing work in you and he has been and he's expediting that um, and accelerating that over you. But not only that, you're going to walk in, in a healing anointing for people. Evangelism is power evangelism. And, and you're going to be able to go into to places, just like Pastor was saying, where other people are not going to be able to go. And you're going to be able to reach. And, and, and the Lord was showing me over you Psalms 118, 17, which says, You will live and not die and declare the word of the Lord in the land of the living. I feel like the enemy has tried to steal your life many times. And I also feel like there has been in the past the spirit of death that has tried to take you out. But the Lord has severed that in your life and has shown you that. And, and that has been dealt with. And, and the Lord is, is saying that you are a fire walker and that where you go, hell starts to tremble because of what God has for you to carry because he needs those who walk <laughs> at the edge of heresy to reach to reach those that other people said they're too far gone no one no one can save them but God doesn't say that about anybody he doesn't say that about anybody and and you also see things 
And, and God's going to open that gift. And in fact, I also see him bringing a spiritual mom alongside of you to teach you and to train you in spiritual warfare and to show you how to walk and talk. And it's going to be different. Like we, we Christianize everything and we have these special words that they don't understand on the street. Just like pastor saying, you're going to be able to speak to people in a way where they're going to receive it. And it's going to be new and fresh, but it's going to be coming straight from heaven. And it's so needed. You're so needed right now. So I just bless you. And it's no mistake that you're wearing combat boots, by the way, because he's called you just to stand in his authority. Yeah. So I get a vision that I saw as I came in, Pastor, that I need to tell you about. Excuse me. So as we were kind of coming down over the hill, I could see like the atmosphere was like it was something was covering the whole area, but it was like static, and you couldn't see through it. But it's spiritual static. But the church here, it was clear. I mean, totally, totally clear, just like the clearest day you can think of. <laughs> but that was spreading from the church and out. So just like a big circle going out. So you're clearing the spiritual static in this area. And I have a word for the gentleman over here with the light colored shirt and the same haircut he's got. Yes, you. So David, I feel the Lord is telling me that you've been looking for the right fit, the right walk. It's like a pair of shoes. He showed me a pair of shoes, which I went through lately, trying to find the right pair. And you get ones that are too tight, it hurts. And you can't do what you're supposed to do. You can't walk where you're supposed to walk. You get ones that are too big and you fall out of them and it doesn't work. But when you get the right size, it's perfect. And you're walking and it's easy to walk and comfortable. And God's giving you the right size shoes for your mission. David, you have a um, real value for the Word of God, and um, and you've loved to see it rightly divided. It's because of the teacher anointing that's upon you, and you're really good at being able to take the Word and disassemble it, reassemble it, teach it, divide rightly divide it, like Timothy says. Um, you just have such a value for that, but you're also really good at it. And, um, and in fact, uh, your teaching ability extends beyond the Word of God. But I feel like God is going to um, take that uh, ability that you can see in Scripture, and I believe that he's going to begin to um, utilize that with a prophetic gift where he's going to pair the, um, the teaching ability with, uh, with the... Um, with the prophetic ability, and you're going to begin to see scriptures over people. Um, there was a guy, I can't think of his name now, that was really well known for this. You guys might know who I'm talking about, but he was, he'd was he been down at Bethel years ago. Anyway, um, but I, I see you being able to declare scriptures over people. You also are, are well known for your memory. You can remember numbers. You can remember scriptures. Um, you know, all, all these things that I can't remember. And um, But um, the Lord's really gifted you that way, and I see you beginning to um, just 
declare those things out and, and just speak those over people. And as you do, it's going to change people's lives. And sometimes you're going to feel like it's in, insignificant or inconsequential because it's such a small thing. You're just going to speak a verse to someone. But they're going to be so radically uh, changed by that and, and affected by that because it's going to be their favorite verse or the verse that their mother um, quoted to them or, or whatever it is. But the Lord's going to use you in so many different ways. But it's just going to be something very simple for you. And all it takes is obedience in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense to you, brother? Yeah, good. The young lady with the children, could you please stand? <laughs> and what is your name? Holly. God highlighted me from the minute you walked in the door that at times you feel like, I'm busy taking care of a child. God, how can you use me? What are you doing? What do you want me to do when I'm so busy with the child? And he wants you to know that's your mission field right there. You are to raise the young one to serve the Lord. It's your responsibility to guide and direct and take every step. That means your responsibility to teach this little one to serve him and it's not something to be taken lightly I have three grown children I have seven grandchildren and I can see where the ones I did right and the ones I did wrong and I can see where their steps are at and I want you to know keep your eye on God keep your child's eye on God and you're going to be blessed Holly, how many kids do you have? How many kids do you have? He's your only one. Okay, so the Lord was showing me um, uh, you with several kids. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to be yours. I don't know that. That's that's between you and your husband. <laughs> you know. So, anyway, um, but I, I saw the Lord showing you things about them, and then you beginning to declare things over them, even from a young age. And so I don't know if it's... If it's it may be other kids that are going to be coming to the church and different things, but the Lord's going to begin to show you things about them, and I see you speaking them over them. And you're going to think, well, this one's too small. They don't even understand. I'm telling you that you are able to speak into their spirit and plant seed and water seed and anoint them in ways that you have no idea about. And the Lord's going to have you do some strange things that you're not going to see the fruit of for 20-plus years. And in fact, the Lord just reminded me that um, there are many kinds of oak trees that don't release seed until they're 25 years old or older. And the Lord says that um, some of the um, planting and sowing that you're going to do in children and even in adults, as you speak life into them, you speak encouragement into them, it's going to be a long harvest time. But when the harvest time comes, it's going to be so plentiful and so bountiful. You're going to be so thankful that you not only planted the seed, but you watered it and you interceded for it in the interim. And you're joining with Jesus as you do that because he sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. So you're in good company in Jesus' name. So this gentleman right here, right on the front in the dark blue, yeah, if you would. What, what's your name? Chris. Chris. All right. So I just feel like there's been a word or a desire in your past 
that God placed in your heart. And you kind of begin to say, well, that was for a different person or a different time or whatever, and that's past. And I heard God say, I'm good enough. So God's saying, he's good enough. That's how good he is, is that he still, that, that word that he spoke over you and declared over you, he's so good that he is still willing to partner with you in that. I feel like your, your mouth has been shut or silenced or like you feel like you didn't have the voice that he's called you into or that you desire to have. But he's good enough. And so we just declare right now over you that whatever has been over your mouth and tried to silence you is broken off in Jesus' name and we release freedom over you in Jesus' name. And Chris, I would just add to that, that um, uh, the Lord showed me that you have an engineer's mind and you see how things fit together, how they can be taken apart, but you also see this in the spirit realm, not just in the word, because there are others that do that, but you also see things in the spirit realm of how things interact and um, how Jesus deals with the angels, how the angels deal with man, all those kinds of things. There's like... You have, a, you have a real great ability for in the natural of how the gears and the all these kinds of, like an engineer's mind, how they work together. But I feel like the Lord is saying that you also have that in the spirit realm and that you see how things fit together, how they work together. And I, I feel like the Lord is going to begin to give you downloads and, and you're going to want to take notes and write things down as he gives these to you because I feel like there um, might be some books in this, um, some teaching things that um, you're going to... You're not the type that's just going to go out and, and write out everything you hear God say before um, before it's tested. But I feel like you're gonna uh, you're gonna have these things written down, and then you're actually gonna go test them to make sure that they work, and um, and that you're gonna um, be a spiritual engineer, if you will. I just made that term up, but um, but I feel like uh, like you're gonna be um, testing those things out and making sure that they work. And I just want to encourage you in that. You're going to think you're crazy at times. Other people will think you're crazy. It's okay. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It only matters what Jesus thinks. So just run with him in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense to you, brother? Yeah? Good. Okay. Okay, I do want to get to teaching, but I, I want to really quickly, before I run out of time here, I do want to um, minister to the four pastors on the front row, so if you four can stand up. Okay, and I'm just going to ask uh, four of our students to come up and stand behind you. So if you guys can step forward a little bit. I actually got this while I was um, laying on the floor over there um, listening to the Lord. But um, yeah, they're just going to come up because I just really feel like there's going to be a release. And some of this stuff was said in similar but different ways earlier. But Scott and Tammy, um, the Lord just kept telling me, get ready for growth, get ready for growth, get ready for growth, get ready for growth, get ready for growth. And I kept seeing the number 50 and that um, that, uh, pretty soon this room is going to be so full that you're not going to know what to do. The problem is not going to be um, how do we get people to come in? How that's that's been the nagging question. How do we get people to come in? You're it's going to totally change to be 
what do we do with these people now that they've come in? And, um, and I just really feel like the Lord is going to um, open that door for you. And he says, increase is coming. Now, I have never given a word like this, and I'll be honest with you. I've been um, wrestling with the Lord about whether I should even say this or not because I don't want it to sound negative. Um, but there's another ministry in town. I don't know anybody in town. So I'm just telling you what I'm seeing in the spirit. If in doubt, throw it out. If I'm wrong, then that's fine. Um, but I feel like there's another ministry in town that um, even as I'm speaking right now is unraveling. And I'm not saying that with any kind of um, humor, grace, uh, humor, or, or, or I'm not happy about that. I'm, I'm sharing this with you because the Lord told me to share this with you to prepare you. That um, He said that there's another um, ministry that's about to come apart. It's already um, starting to unravel. And he said, um, you need to begin to pre prepare a hospital here. Because those people are going to come to you as broken people. And I saw you having two services on Sundays. I saw you having one in the morning for those that are going to come to you that are going to be broken and um, are going to need to be restored. And I saw another service in the evening for those that are going to come to you from other churches and even from your own body that want to go deeper and are hungry for more of the fire. And you're going to um, you're going to bandage people in the morning and you're going to light them on fire at night. And um, and I just see the Lord opening up this door. And I've, again, I've never said a word like that. And I, I hate to even say anything like that because it just it doesn't I don't like the idea of a ministry coming apart but but it's it's not on God it's on them they're going to come to look for a safe a safe space to heal and um and he says what you need to do is you need to begin to change the way that you're thinking and the way that you're processing and you need to say what do I do with a hundred people and, and the reason is, is that even when you have 50, you need to be set up like you're pastoring 100. You need to always be working above your weight class. So when you, when you have 50, if you're prepared for 100, when you get to 100, you need to be prepared for 150. When you get to 150, you need to be prepared for 300. And, and the numbers are coming, and it's not because... Um, because of uh, something that you've done different, it's something, it's because of what you've done consistently. And it's just the way that you've loved on Jesus and he's gonna bless that stewardship. But the Lord says, get ready because there's some things that are coming. One of the things is, is that there's a business person that's coming that is gonna um, begin to partner with you. They're gonna ask you some questions. They're gonna say, what do you do with this? What do you do with that? What do you do with this? And, um, and then they're gonna begin to invest in you. And they're going to invest in this ministry. And the Lord said, whatever you do, do not be intimidated by them and never serve man, only serve the Lord. Don't be in fear of them. I don't care what they threaten or any of those other things. And I'm not saying they're going to threaten. I have had business people do that to me before. Um, hey, if we're not going to do it this way, then, then, then we're going we're gonna to leave. And I said, I'm going to miss you. And um, because, listen, you don't need the people's money. You need the Lord's blessing. And the money will follow ministry. So just begin to um, prepare yourself because the increase is coming in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to pray over you in just a second. But um, just before I do, Mike and Penny, um, I was laying on the floor over there just um, praying. And, and for those of you that don't know, they have a ministry called The Barn. And as I was laying over there, the Lord whispered to me and he said, you know, the greatest revival that was ever released was born in a barn. And he said he's about to birth another one. And it's going to be in your barn. 
and that he's going to release some things through you and that people are going to come from all over the Northwest. You recently had a discussion about whether to keep it open or whether to hand it off. And God says to you, no, no, no. It is not time for you to hang it up yet. It is time for you to mentor and invest. And he's given you a couple. And um, in fact, there's two couples that you've been investing in and you've been mentoring and you've been fathering and mothering. And the Lord says to pour into them and pour into them and pour into them. And what he's doing is, as you do that is one couple is very pastoral. The other is very evangelistic. And the Lord is going to use you and he's going to take you to another level. And you're going to step into the apostolic calling that you know that you've carried for a long time. And as you step into that, it's going to release a fathering and mothering anointing in an even greater way than you've ever seen before. And it's going to release those other two couples to be able to walk in the fullness of what they're called to do. And I see you taking a little bit of a step back so that they have room to do what they're called to do. And I see them emceeing things. I see them uh, leading things and doing things within the barn. And he's going to give you more time for vacation and, and to hang out and have fun and go to the beach and do all those things. But it's not going to diminish your role. It's going to exemplify your role. And so I just bless these two couples right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just ask that you would pour your spirit out in an even greater way, Lord God. Lord, that fire would be released upon these two couples right now. Would you point your hands this way, church? Lord, we just release an even greater fire on these two couples, Lord God. Lord, that you would just release the fire within them, Lord, that is going to turn the world upside down, Acts 17, 6. Lord, that it's going to turn the world upside down. And Lord, they carry the tools for that. And the timing is now. The timing is now. The timing is now in the name of Jesus. I bless them. Thank you, Lord. Give these two couples a hand, would you please? Okay, I'm going to preach fast if you'll listen fast. And I was taught in Bible college that a good sermon doesn't have to be a long one, and a bad one better not be. So just a couple of weeks ago, the Lord gave me a prophetic word on a Sunday morning. I woke up with it, and I just began to write it out, and I sent it to Pastor Scott. I also sent it to a couple other pastors that I know in the Northwest that I felt like it was for. And um, if you guys want to put that up on the screen, I'm just going to read it to you. Um, there is a greater Issachar anointing being released today. If you don't know, we're going to read about this in a minute. But Issachar, um, they, knew the, they knew the timing. They understood timing. This is for a greater understanding of the times and the seasons on an individual and corporate level, for you personally and for your ministry. If it is only used for understanding, then it will be a nice parlor trick and create good table talk, but not much more. On the other hand, God is giving it to you for the benefit of the kingdom. He has been telling you how to move, but now he is giving you a start watch instead of a stopwatch. Somebody say amen to that. A start watch is not measuring when you quit, but it's telling you to act and move quickly. This will be for prophetic acts. Oh, did I jump? I think I jumped there. A start watch is not measuring is not measuring when you quit, but it's measuring when you start. We need to be in the blocks and ready to run. When he tells you to act, move quickly. This will be for prophetic acts, saving lives, purchasing big investments, and personal increase. He says, test it, and he will prove it. His whispers will release new seasons, blessings, and major kingdom advancements. If you will hear and move on it, it can change you, your ministry, history, and the world. 
Listen, it's not enough to know uh, the gospel. You have to act upon the gospel for it to do something for you. In the same way, it's not enough for you to receive a prophetic word, but you have to act upon that prophetic word. If you don't, then it's just, it's just, it's just blowing in the wind and it has no value to you. It's the reason that in the um, New Testament it says that uh, if you honor a prophet, you'll get the prophet's reward. What that means is, is that um, when Abby was up here and, and she was prophesying over the church and, and she was declaring something, she's a young prophetess. Now, if you honor her in her gifting, then you can receive what she's saying. If you don't value her and you just say, well, she's 20, what does she know? Then you don't value what she says and you won't get the benefit of what she says. Somebody say amen. All right, let's turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verses 23 through 40. And again, I'm trying to preach fast. And, and it is a little bit warm in here, just a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, that'd be great. I thought I was going to have to preach on hell. Um, just, just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, thought it was hell and hell flash. <laughs> okay, anyway. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verses 23 through 40. Now, these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped. By the way, this is where you get the Issachar anointing from. Now, these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war and came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. I'm going to break this apart a little bit. Um, pastor had asked me to come and, and elaborate on what this prophetic word was that I read to you a minute ago. So I asked the Lord, how do you want me to elaborate on that? And he took me to this passage where um, the Issachar anointing comes from, and he began to show me some things in this. So um, just rereading re re that first verse. Now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war and came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. Listen, there were divisions that were equipped for the war over souls. They were equipped. It's really important that we don't go through our Christian walk unequipped. Come on, somebody. Listen, when, when you show up to do something, you need to be equipped to do whatever it is that you're going to do. If, if you're going to, I, I, I love, I've just recently taken up a hobby of woodworking, and I'm not very good at it yet, but, but I, I make a lot of sawdust and have fun and Spent a lot of money doing it. Shh, don't tell my wife. Oh, sorry. Um, and um, but you have to you have to be prepared to do that. You know, you got to have the safety glasses, and you got to have you know, and you got to have the right kind of tools, honey. You have to have the right kind of tools. You have to. And so, um, you guys were supposed to amen there and help me anyway. Um, but the the divisions were equipped. When you go to war, if you're not equipped, you'll die. You have to be equipped. And I'm just here to tell you that there is a war for your soul right now. You may not be fighting it, but the angels are fighting it for you, and so is Jesus. And you need to begin to rise up and cooperate with the battle that's going for your soul and for your spirit. Now, you need to know that you have a body, soul, and spirit. Everybody say amen. amen. You're created in, a, in the image of God. He's a triune being. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you have a choice every single day. This is something I teach on in our school. You have a choice every single day of what you're going to be led with. Are you going to lead with your body? Are you going to lead with your soul? Or are you going to lead with your spirit? And when uh, Paul in the New Testament, when he says, I die to myself daily, I believe what he's doing is that he's taking his body in the 1960s. Let me back up for a second. In the 1960s, we were taught, do whatever it feels good. 
Some, some of you are old enough to know what I'm talking about. You, you just, you know, whatever feels, you know, if you're not with the one you love, love the one you're with, right? That's a bad plan, by the way. You're taught in this world to go by two things, by what's logical and what feels good. Listen, I'll tell you that both of those things will get you in trouble in the kingdom of God. If you do what feels good to your body, you will end up in a lot of trouble. If you do what's only logical, your soul is made up of your mind, will, and emotions. If you put your soul in charge of who you are, it will get you in trouble. If you are led by your emotions, don't be led by your emotions. They will get you in a lot of trouble. Your mind will get you in a lot of trouble. What you think is logical is not logical to God. What God thinks is logical, you will think is weird. And if you put your soul in charge of who you are, when God speaks to you through his Holy Spirit and he's, speaking, he's trying to speak to your spirit, but your soul's in charge, and he tells you to go and pray for so-and-so at the grocery store, you'll say, that's not logical, I'm not doing that. It doesn't feel good to my body, I'm not doing that. You have to put your spirit in charge. It can't be your mind, will, and emotions, which is your soul. You have, you have to have your spirit in charge. If your spirit's in charge, then you can be equipped for the war that you're in. Somebody say amen. And our role on the earth to, is to advance the kingdom of God. The reason that when you get saved, he doesn't just, you know, boom, you're gone, is because you have a job here. I mean, honestly, we would be in a lot less trouble if he would just rapture us out when, when, when we got saved, right? Just, thank you, Jesus, I accept you in my heart, boom, you know, and we're gone. But then who would preach the gospel? And can I just tell you that some of us were raised with um, all the old hymns of, um, and I'm going to offend some of you, and I apologize up front, okay? But just, just get over it, okay? How many of you, some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. See, you guys know. Can I just tell you that we need to change the words to that song because your goal is not to get out of here. Your goal is to bring him here totally different mindset than what I was raised on. I was also taught, listen, don't go to Las Vegas, don't go to Hollywood, don't go to Reno, don't go to Atlantic City, don't go to any of those dark places because if you go to those places, who knows what could happen to you? Can I just tell you the opposite should be true? Don't curse the darkness, take a light in there and change something. But we have to be equipped to do that. Because if you go into those places and those places infect you or impact you more than you impact them, then you've lost the battle. We need to be equipped. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm preaching fast. I'm going, okay, verse, next verse. Verse 24. Of the sons of Judah bearing shield and spear, 6,800 armed for war. Listen, they had a shield and a spear because you have to defend and move and move to advance at the same time. You have a shield to defend yourself, but you have a sword to fight with. You have to do both. If you think that the enemy is not going to attack you, you're crazy. You, you just, you've been sold a bill of goods because John 10.10 10 says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me, I'm going to get off task here for a second, but this just drives me bananas, is that um, some churches will teach you that, that God gave you a sickness to teach you a lesson. 
That's unbiblical, number one, and, it, and it's bad theology, number two, and it's the spirit of stupid, number three. <laughs> Listen, God doesn't give you diseases or sickness or anything because he doesn't have any to give. And, 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 and if you come to me in our healing rooms or something and you say, well, I have this disease and I just want you to pray for me, but, but God gave it to me so I could learn a lesson. Well, hey, listen, why don't you come back when you've learned the lesson then? Because I don't want to mess up God's plan. In case you didn't notice, that was sarcasm. Anyway. But listen, you need to have a shield and a spear. You need to not only defend yourself, but you also need to be taken ground. And some of you need to defend some family members while fighting for others. Come on, somebody. Sons of Judah knew their identity, their role, and were fighting from identity, not for identity. You need to, you need to, you need to fight from who you are, not who you want to be. We, we passed uh, some naval ships on the way into town. And I know that you, this happens to be a Navy town. And uh, probably a few Marines around as well. And... Um, the reality is, is that if if they go to battle, let's use the Marines because the Navy, anyway. Um, no, 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 I'm not being insulting. Stop, stop. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. That came across the wrong. If I was going to do that, I would have said the Marines were the men's division of the Navy. But I wouldn't say that. So how many Navy people are in here that I just insult? I'm sorry, sir. I apologize. Just kidding, just kidding. All right, thank you, thank you. All right, just teasing. Anyway, listen, um, they, they don't have to look at their, at their uniform to find out who they are. They know who they are. It's been drilled into them by a drill sergeant at some point in time. And can I just tell you that we need some drill sergeants to drill into us who our identity is so that we can step up and win the battle. Come on, somebody. Verse 25, of the sons of Simeon, mighty men of valor, fit for war, 7,100. Of the sons of Levi, 4,600. Jehoiada, the leader. Don't you wish sometimes they just named them Bill and Tom and Fred? Jehoiada, the leader of the Aaronites, and with him 3,700. Zadok, a young man, a valiant warrior, and from his father's house, 22 captains. Interesting that he shows up not with a bunch of of, um, uh, privates, he shows up with 20 captains. I just believe that God wants to release some people of influence into the battle. And I believe he's going to release some people of influence into this house. So you guys need to be ready. And don't be intimidated by them, like I said before. Just, they put their pants on the same way you do. So, so, you know, if Bill Gates comes in next week, give him a you know, visitor card and what, you know, whatever. We need to prepare ourselves that we are not intimidated when they come in and are looking for guidance and advancement. They will bring gifts and talents, but will desire to be mentored. Listen, I have, min- I have ministered to professional athletes in multiple sports. I have ministered to uh, military leaders. I have ministered to politicians. Listen, they are no different, and they hurt just as much as the average Joe does. They might have a bigger wallet, but that doesn't make them any different on the inside. Their spirits are still broken. They still need help, and they still need love. And the reality is, is if you treat them the same way as you treat everybody else, then, then, then they'll probably have more favor on you than if you treat them special and try and kiss their shoes. 
Verse 29, of the sons of Benjamin, relatives of Saul, 3,000, until the until then, greatest part of them had remained loyal to the house of Saul. Of the sons of Ephraim, 20,800 mighty men of valor, famous men throughout their father's house. Some people will come in with their own air of influence. Have you ever met anybody with their own air of influence? But I want you to remember something, that confidence... And pride look very, very similar from the outside, but they're very different on the inside. If I take my car to my mechanic and I say, I'd like you to change the oil, and he says, oh, oh shucks, golly, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know, uh, I'm, I'm out of there. I'm, he's not changing my oil if he can't figure out, you know, how to do it. I, I don't want somebody with false humility. I want somebody that's confident. We, we have a very good friend that um, is a multimillionaire, and um, we, I've traveled with him to foreign countries and stuff, and, and we've just had a great time. But he does this to me all the time. He'll, he'll, he'll meet somebody new, and then he'll, hey, come here. Hey, this is Jeff. Jeff's going to prophesy over you. Jeff, would you prophesy over him? Go ahead. Anytime. Go ahead. Go, yeah, go ahead. And, um, and it's just like, ah. And, um, but, but he knows that I'm confident that I can hear God's voice. That's what I want to have. I want to be confident in that. I don't want to be prideful about it, but I do want to be confident. Because when somebody needs to hear that, I need to know that I can do it. Amen? Verse 31, half of the tribe of Manasseh, 18,000 who were designated by name, came, come and make David king. Can I just remind you that there were three times that David was anointed to be king? And the first time, he didn't even get invited to the party. Sammy the prophet showed up at Jesse's house. Samuel, for those of you. Anyway, we were close. Sammy the prophet shows up and, and he says, uh, hey, you know, one of your kids is going to be king. And, and he goes through all of them. He says, it's not here. And so finally they send for David. Now David's not in there. He's out watching the sheep. Why? If you, if you do a deep study, you'll actually find out that he was Jesse's illegitimate son. That's why they make a big deal about him having red hair because he looked different than the other kids. That's why in um, is it Psalms or Proverbs, it says that I was, it's David writing and he, it's in Proverbs. And he says, I was conceived in, in iniquity. And some people think that that means that we're all sinners. Don't take me there. Anyway, um, I'll preach that another time. Um, but what it really means is that his mom and dad got together and they weren't supposed to be together. But after David comes in and they anoint him, you want to know where he's at an hour later? Back out with the sheep. This is the next king. Yeah, well, go king out there, sheep boy. I mean, they, they didn't have any respect for him. They sent him back out. And remember, they didn't have any, any respect for him when he showed up with the pizza delivery either. Remember, they, they sent him with cheese sandwiches or whatever to deliver, and, and, and Goliath is there, and they, and they want to, um, uh, nobody will fight Goliath. And he goes out and says, who is this uncircumcised? <laughs> like, okay, hello. <laughs> How to win friends and influence people. But um, he just goes right out there and tears it up and kills him. And he still doesn't become king. In fact, he makes it to the palace, but now he's getting spears thrown at him. Right? Some of you are still in that stage where you're being hated on. 
where you've received the prophetic word and you've received the promise, but you haven't seen the promise fulfilled. You have to stay in the fold. You have to stay in the spot where you can move forward, where you can advance, where you don't look back, where you don't look to the left or the right. Your windshield is really big, but your rearview mirror is really small. But some of us focus on that rearview mirror about where we've been instead of where we're going. We need to figure out who we are and who God called us to be. Amen. Where am I at? Uh, da, 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 da. What verse, honey? 32. Of the sons of Iskar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. Discern the time. We need to discern the times, but also be willing to bring in people that will have a word and direction for you. Listen. The reality is that I get to travel literally all over the world. I'll be in Uganda in, in July. Um, I did a bunch more traveling right before COVID. Um, not much during COVID. Um, and, and we get to travel all over the place. But I'll just tell you something. The greatest thing that I do is not to prophesy over people, but to teach people how to hear God's voice for themselves. Because they don't need to be reliant on me. They need to be reliant on him. Amen. And so we need to learn how to hear God's voice and, and hear what he has to say to us. Amen. Verse 33, of Zebulun, there were 50,000 who went out to battle, expert in war with all weapons of war, stout-hearted men who could, who could keep ranks. By the way, it's really important to be able to keep ranks. You, you need to know what your role is and don't try and do somebody else's role. Listen, if you're married for more than five minutes, you know that you need to stay in your lane. I heard an amen from a husband. That's a smart guy. You know, the, 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 my wife and I talk about this sometimes, that the Bible says he who has found a wife has found a good thing. Totally true. But she says it doesn't say what she found. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Anyway, verse 34 of Nephtali, 1,000 captains, and with them 37,000 with shield and spear of the Danites who could keep back keep battle formation, 28,600 of Asher, those who could go out to war able to keep battle formation, 40,000 of the Reubenites and Gadites and half-tribe of Manasseh from the other side of the Jordan, 120,000 armed for battle with every kind of weapon. They kept ranks and didn't try to make, take more authority than they were given from above. I will just tell you that if you try to get too far ahead of God and you try to get out there and, and, and walk in your own power, you will go home bruised and bloody. It's what happened to um, some sons in the New Testament that decided they were going to go find some demonized guys. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? And it says that they went home bloody and naked. Listen, anytime you go home bloody and naked, that's been a bad day. <laughs> Honey, how was your day? <laughs> Wasn't too good. And loyalty is super important. This speaks to loyalty. Loyalty is super important. Can I just tell you something? One of the greatest things that you can give your pastors is loyalty. Loyalty. It means that when, when there's a problem, you go to them and talk about it, not everybody else. It means that when there's a problem, even if you don't understand it, if you know that they're of good character, you stand with them. Maybe they don't have the time to give you the answer right now, but they'll explain it. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've stood not only with um, people of good character, I've stood with people of bad character. 
Why? Because the Lord told me to. And you want to know what? They came out the other side better because I stood with them. And sometimes we just have to stand in loyalty. Verse 38, I'm almost done. All these men of war who could keep ranks came to Hebron with a loyal heart. I love that. Who could keep ranks came to Hebron with a loyal heart to make David king over all Israel. And all the rest of Israel were of one mind to make David king. And they were there with David three days, eating and drinking, for their brethren had prepared for them. We need to get ready for unity and fellowship outside of the normal. We've been hosting a revival for about the last nine months, something like that, um, at our church. How many of you have heard of the revival that's taking place in Dawsonville, Georgia? Anybody heard of that? Yeah. So in Dawsonville, we were there last June. Um, I'll back up just a second. We had a lady in our town that I didn't know very well. Abby and I had prophesied over her at a meeting a year ago, January. And uh, this lady calls and and, uh, asks for an appointment with me. So she comes and meets with me and she says, hey, there's this revival that's happening in Dawsonville, Georgia, and I want to bring the pastor here, and you're the only one crazy enough that I know of that would host it. And I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. And um, anyway, so Roxanne and I and our two daughters flew to Dawsonville, to Atlanta, and drove up to Dawsonville. And uh, Pastor Todd Smith, who's now a friend, um, he had been uh, pacing on his platform, praying one on a weekday. And as he walked this way, there's a, there's a baptismal tank over on this side. It was empty, but as he looked at it in the spirit, he saw it full of water, and he saw flames dancing on top of it. And the Lord said to him, when you baptize people, I'm going to baptize them in fire. He said, well, that sounds cool. When people get baptized, they'll have a great experience. So they start baptizing people like they normally would. In fact, you guys are going to be baptizing people next Sunday. And, um, and I'm sure you guys believe the same thing that we do, that um, baptism is an outward testimony of an inward work. Yeah. And, um, and so that was all that they believed as well and still believe. But as people were getting dunked in the water, Holy Spirit was showing up and just wrecking people. People were getting healed. People were getting slain out in the water. All kinds of crazy things. Marriages were getting restored. And um, so at some point, they started just baptizing people, not unto salvation, but just to do it, to see what would happen. The Sunday night that we were there last June, they had been doing it three and a half years, and the night we were there, the 20,000th person was baptized. And so we had Todd and his wife come out in July. We did three nights with them, and we had people lined up for three hours around our building before we opened the doors. Building was overpacked. Thankfully, the fire marshal wasn't there because um, the building says it'll seat 400. We proved it can seat 450. Anyway, and there was a young man, uh, six years old, his name's Cash. When he was in the service, he could not hear us speaking um, or leading songs or whatever because he's legally deaf, was legally deaf. When he got baptized, and you can go on Facebook and see his testimony if you go to Revival on the Water. Um, if you go there, you can watch him being interviewed. And uh, Cash, when he came up out of the water, he said that everything just got louder and louder and louder. Isn't that awesome? 
We had, we had a lady from um, Beth, Bethesda Church in Vancouver. She came, she was legally blind, came up out of the water and saw her grandkids for the first time in her life. We, we just in December, um, so we had the three nights, let me back up, we had the three nights in July, three more nights in August, then we started having it one night a month um, and are still having it. And uh, last, or in December, we had six demonized people show up, including two witches. They all got delivered, Roxanne let them, got them delivered, led them to Jesus, and um, just kind of changed their whole destiny. Um, just this last meeting, Abby was baptized in a lady that had not walked in 15 years. She, she, they wheeled her in the wheelchair. They had to lift her up, get her in the water. Abby's baptized in this lady, and the Lord speaks to her and says, you need to get in the water with her. So she takes her phone out of her pocket. What 20-year-old doesn't have their phone? Takes her phone out of her pocket, gives it to somebody, and climbs in the water with her with her clothes on. And, uh, and not only does she baptize this lady, but she says, let's get up and walk. This lady hasn't walked in 15 years till that night. And they got up and they began to pace back and forth in the water for about five minutes. And Abby said she was getting tired. So she said, hey, would you like to sit down? The lady says, nope, I'm ready to go. Keep going. So they just keep pacing back and forth in the water. That lady's been um, getting up and going to the bathroom on her own power every 90 minutes. She walks to the bathroom all on her own. No wheelchair. Come on. God's still on the move. All of that to say this, that um, that revival that we continue to host has 20 different churches involved from our local area. By the way, the lady that, um, her, uh, that just got healed so that she could walk, her pastor told her not to come because it was demonic, that the whole thing was of the devil. And she's scared to share the testimony with the pastor of what God did. But listen, I'm just telling you that we have over 20 churches. My wife coordinates the whole thing. Over 20 churches involved. That alone is a miracle. We, we have people that come to our school from all different stripes. Nazarene, Baptist, Catholic, um, uh, Pentecostal, Charismatic, whatever. Listen, God is opening up doors for us to go across denominational lines. We need to get ready for fellowship that's outside of the norm. All right, I'm wrapping it up with this. Moreover, those who were, who were near to them from as far away as Issachar and Zebulun and Naphtali were bringing food on donkeys and camels, on mules and oxen, provisions of flour and cakes of figs, and cakes of raisins. How many of I, I had your attention when I said cake? Cakes of raisins, wine and oil and oxen and sheep abundantly, but there was joy for there was joy in Israel. Can I just tell you that God is bringing joy to the church? He's not only bringing provision, he's bringing joy. Can I just tell you that the days of thinking that the only thing you can do in church is cry because of all of your sins, those days are over with. Now you need to figure out how to laugh and have joy because of what Jesus has done. And it's not about happiness. Happiness is an outside job. Happiness is based on your circumstances. Joy is an inside job based on what he's done on the inside. And it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. You need to figure out that no matter where you're at or what's going Going on in your life if you have Jesus on the inside you can be joyful no matter how crappy it is on the outside now I want to leave you with this and if you want to go to the last screen that'd be great this is a prophetic word that the Lord gave me earlier this year and I, I just want to share it with you mantles are becoming mandates and metrons are becoming sons and daughters a mantle is is a representation of of your of your anointing 
mantles are becoming mandates. Many of you have been mantled or anointed for something that God's called you to do. But I just want to tell you that God is going to change that mantle to a mandate where you're going to have authority and power to walk in areas that you've never walked in before. We just had Tyler Johnson, a friend of ours at our church. How many, do you guys know Tyler? Tyler's awesome. He's in, in Shelton. And I remember when, um, when Tyler, uh, he was praying about raising the dead. By the way, the Bible says that's elementary. elementary and he remembers when he got called before the mayor of his town the mayor said I heard that you've been showing up at accident scenes yes <laughs> thinking he's in trouble the mayor pulled a card out of his out of his desk drawer and gave him authority to be able to go to accident scenes and be able to minister isn't that awesome listen God's put mantles on you and he's going to turn them into mandates where you're going to have the authority to walk in. And it doesn't matter whether man's given you authority, has God given you authority? Because it's going to begin to change things. And the other thing is, is that metron, so a metron is a, a Greek word that talks about, originally it was your reach, it was how far your reach was. But um, figuratively, it means how many people can you influence? So like the students that are here in, in, the, um, in the service tonight, they're just some of the people that are in our school, maybe about half, and, um, and I have influence in their lives because they attend our school and, and I come in and guest speak in there sometimes and different things. And so I have influence in their lives. They're part of my metron. So in that, when you have a metron, your metrons are becoming sons and daughters. We need to begin to think differently about the people that we have influence in because they need to become our sons and daughters. They need to become people that we root for and cheer for. Listen, when you compete with your brothers and sisters, you don't want them to win. But you, when you have sons and daughters, you want them to win. You want them to go further than you've ever gone you want to build a ceiling that they can build their floor on the reality is that this couple right here has people that have um that have already started to build their their ceiling on top excuse me their floor on top of your ceiling why because they've launched them forward they they've 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 almost broken their back at times to lift them up and say we want you to start not where we started but where we're leaving off we want to we want to lift you up we want to encourage you we want to bless you and listen it's not just for full-time pastors it's for anybody that wants to walk in that you have an ability to launch people forward i remember when our kids were little i don't want to try this now because they're all adults but i remember when we'd be on vacation we'd be in the pool and um and they would you know they climb up and yeah you got it and and you'd launch them across the pool you anybody ever done that before or had that done to them and so uh, um, no volunteers please um and uh and and you know you launch them across the pool why because you can push them further than they can go on their own and they want that and you have spiritual sons and daughters that want you to launch them forward amen if you want to have spiritual sons and daughters and you want to pour into them, would you stand to your feet right now? I want to pray for you. If you want your mantles to become mandates, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Would you just put your hands out, just palms up right now? Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit's in the room just really heavy right now. I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something, but I'm going to ask you to steady yourself before you do this because some of you 
are going to be close to getting slain out when this happens. But um, Holy Spirit is just throughout this room. I want you to just take a nice deep breath of him and just breathe him into the bottom of your lungs right now. And then just release that out. You're just going to feel him just impact you. Right there. Right there. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Do one more time, please. There's some of you, there's stuff falling off of you in the spirit realm right now. You came in with some stuff that you knew you needed to get rid of, and as you just breathe Holy Spirit in, it's falling off. Spiritual tumors, if you will, are falling off right now. Lord, we just come before you tonight, Lord, and we want to be good moms and dads. And Lord, I know from experience that the best way to become a better dad is to first learn how to become a good son. I'm going to say it again. The best way to become a good dad is first to learn how to become a good son. Because then you know what a son needs. Ladies, you first have to become a good daughter to become a good mama. And the Lord's just releasing an anointing upon people right now, even as I'm just talking right now. He's releasing an anointing upon you for you to become a good mama or daddy. And I'm not just talking about your own kids, but there's going to be others that you're going to walk with, that you're going to invest in, that you're going to speak over, that you're going to bless. Lord, I don't ask for a generation of good sons and daughters. I ask for a generation of these people becoming good sons and daughters so that they can release another generation of good sons and daughters. Help us to get healed up first, Lord, so that we can can release them, so that we can see them walk in their fullness, Lord God. If you're able to pray in tongues, would you just pray in tongues right now? If not, English is fine. But just receive from him right now. There's a refreshing taking place right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to miss this opportunity. If there's somebody here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, or maybe you used to walk with him, but you've gotten away from that relationship, but you're ready to renew that, or you're ready to start into it for the very first time. If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads or close your eyes or any of that kind of stuff. I'm just going to ask you outright, is there anybody here that you need to receive Jesus tonight? Just slip your hand up nice and high. Lord, we thank you for the healings that you did tonight, both inside and outside. I thank you that souls and spirits are being restored even right now, not just bodies, but souls and spirits as well. 
We just bless you, Lord. You are so, so good to us. You are a good dad. You are a good, good father, Lord. We just bless you and we love you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to hand this back to Pastor Scott, but we're going to um, be available to minister prophetically. If you've already received a word, um, just for the sake of time, I'm going to ask that maybe you not come back for another one. Um, double dipping, I totally understand, but um, it's just a time thing. So um, would you get, just give Pastor Scott a, an amazing hand as he comes? He's awesome. tipsy <laughs> so yeah we, we want to dismiss everyone but what I would like to do so this is the first time we've had Jeff up you know we've we've gotten to know Jeff over the last few years at global legacy conferences and we've we've got a connection we won't we won't tell you but it is politically <laughs> related <laughs> there's a certain president that we really like anyway so I shouldn't do that because I don't want to ruin the atmosphere here so sorry Lord um, but yeah, we just, we want to bless these guys. Um, as Legacy City Church, we've already um, prepared an honorarium. But what I want to just invite you guys to do, I don't want to make this awkward. So like, anyway, let me just, I'll just go with this. Okay. What I want to do is if, if you feel like God's placing an amount of money on your heart to bless them with, um, you can go either on our website and there's a, there's a PayPal option, and you can designate it. You can just write in there in, in the memo. I believe there's a memo. I haven't done it myself. It's not how I, I'm pretty sure there's a memo. Is there? Okay, so there's, there's a memo. You, you, could just put, you could just put crack on it, because these guys, they brought the crack. The, crack, the McCrackens the McCrackens released the Kraken tonight. And uh, I, so you can do that. Um, if, if you want to do, if you have just cash, I'm going to say don't put it in the offering box unless there's a way you can just bring it to Tammy and she will, she will give it to them. And if they end up leaving before you can do that, um, I have no problem getting it to Jeff. I have no problem. I know, I know his address. We can figure out a way. Bitcoin or something. So. Oh, I just want to say thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. You guys... Just, yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we just really honor you guys and, and really respect you guys and trust you. So, yeah. You, you will hear the testimonies. We make it a point what God is doing. We want to share it back with yeah, you. Absolutely. So you know how that works. You don't get to hear the goods. But I know God was doing some major things tonight. So as, as we dismiss... We just want to bless everyone. If you are going to linger around for prophetic words, um, if you haven't already gotten one, um, just find these guys. Or are you going to stay up front here? That, okay, so he's going to organize that. And also, if you need healing in your body, um, you, I'm sure you could ask the team, but we will be available, Tammy and I, and some of our team will be up here to pray for healing. Um, in your physical healing, spiritual healing, uh, body, soul, spirit, we will go after whatever breakthrough you need. So, amen. Awesome. All right. Bless you guys. Oh. Sure. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. And if I can get the students to just come up here and just line up across the front, it'd be really great. And then, Pastor Scott, I don't know if you have somebody that can facilitate maybe a line in the middle, um, a line of people. Roxanne's going to do it? Okay. All right, babe. I'm getting in line. All right. So you guys can get in line right here, right behind this young lady. And... Um, Thank <laughs> you. 